I'm glad you're here for this psalm. Psalm 92. One of your favorites. You probably memorized it. No? Okay. This will be a, a psalm that will remind us of the importance of remembering our God, of recognizing who He is, and then how that impacts us in life and understanding the world around us. So it's not very long and uh, filled with good things. So we're going to look at Psalm 92. We begin with this. Practice a positive position. Practice a positive position. That's verse 1, Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. That sort of line you've seen over and over if you read through the Psalms, so you're familiar with that, that sort of terminology. What I want to do is contrast that and have you think of what is different about the Most High than everything else that you praise, that you think highly of. And it can be just things uh, that just unfold in your life, if you are a fan of anything, then you're taken by the famous. So in your mind, the famous are worth considering. The, uh, it, it can be famous entertainers, famous government officials, famous, just famous. It can be corporate giants. You think, wow, that, you know... That guy's made a lot of money, he controls a lot of things, so obviously, you know, I need, I need to listen to that guy, I think about him. Major scientists, discoveries, doctors, you just put that in a category of these are the most high. Just our ways of life. It can be somebody that we recognize in our own lives as, as having great influence over us, over our thinking the ways we do, and the way we do things. So that person becomes most high. And this psalm begins with reminding us to give thanks to the Lord who is the most high. There is no one higher. He is uncreated, always been, always will be. He created all things... Unless you know someone like that, this is the Most High. He is the Most High. So if you just consider when you get to rolling in your life, where do you go for answers? When you get frustrated, where do you turn? When you're down, where do you go for that? What, what is it that is Most High in your life? Because that's where you're going to. That's where you quickly, uh, you're drawn to it like a magnet. What is that? And the psalmist is reminding us there is one most high, no one like him. No other being, nothing like him. It's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the most high. Turn it up. So good God music is powerful. And if you put a comma in there in different places, you can get a whole different spin on this one. 
This is verses 2 and 3 of Psalm 92. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by the ten-stringed harp and the melody of the lyre. So they're breaking out the guitars, and they're playing some songs, and they're remembering the Lord, and they are directed to remember his love and his faithfulness. And this is a good thing to do. So giving thanks to the Lord, singing praises to the Most High, and we have a song to go with it. So here's some things about music. Uh, Music that moves. So music has this influence on our lives and it and it penetrates it's it's all over so there there are songs by heavenly beings that are it's it's been there since the get-go so when god created the physical universe physical world put all of these things together the angels the heavenly beings sang They are amazed at what he's doing. They are in awe of what God is creating, and they are singing. And those songs are still reverberating, and scientists pick up some of the music when they listen to the stars. That song is still echoing. Songs by heavenly beings. They are part of this create, well, the heavenly creation, the out there creation, and they were there to watch this one. Songs about God's person, that moves. Um, songs about God's person, power, and purpose. Those kind of songs take our minds away from just our tendency to focus on ourselves. A lot of our Christian music, and there's not, you know, this isn't an evil thing, it's just that sometimes we focus on the songs that say, well, I am special, and, and I'm, in, I'm down, and the Lord's going to pick me up. And, and it's so self-centered that somehow the Most High is now me, not him. The psalmist is saying, let's focus on him and let us be taken away in the music we sing, the music we listen to, the music we write into his character, his power, his purposes, what he is doing so that we are celebrating the Most High. We honor him. So we're moving in that direction with our music. Not, not that there is no place for those you know, moody music when we're down and it just kind of helps us feel good. And I got friends in low places and you know, we can all sing along. And, but this is honoring the most high. So it's turning that around. So songs, those kind of songs are going to move. The songs that are recognizing what he's doing, that's what the heavenly beings did when they sang at creation. Songs about God's person, his power, his purpose. Songs of God's victory when he accomplishes things. That is just so moving. If he accomplishes something in our lives, and we only remember it for the instant, shortly after we're right back where we were. So the victory is not celebrated. When the, the people of Israel made it through the Red Sea, they got to the other side. The first thing they do, sing a song. Sing a song of victory. That was amazing. And they had just seen it. And that song's written down so they could remember it later. These psalms are written down so that they could remember them later. 
But songs of God's victory, what has he done? What has he done in our lives? Songs by God's heavenly and earthly family. That's coming. It's going on now, but one day we will all be in that choir. So the heavenly beings, the angelic beings, the, the myriad of myriads of heavenly beings that are already out there with the Lord are singing. Our earthly companions who are already with the Lord are singing. But one day we will all gather together, the book of Revelation tells us, and we will all be singing songs to the Lord. So there's a time when all of that's going to happen. And we're all going to be singing. And guess which songs we won't be singing? Oh, woe is me. How horrible. How, Lord, where are you? No. We're going to remember. He is the most high. He is the most high. And we will be grateful and we will sing, uh, give him thanks and praise. Effect of good God music. God is honored. God is honored. It is turning to him and speaking of what he has accomplished and, and how he is, he is at work and, and what an amazing being he is. And that, again, takes our eyes off of us or off of our other human uh, honored ones and, or dishonored ones, whatever, whoever is around us that catches our attention. God is honored. God's people are made whole. We are not made whole by singing songs about us and how clever we are. We are made whole when the power of God is released and it is released in praise and in thanksgiving and in recognizing who he is and inviting him into our lives and that he is here to make a difference now and forever. God's enemies are made low. There are those who are opposed to the living God. And when we are singing praise, uh, that diminishes them. And there are evil beings, invisible ones to us, but they are listening and they are made low when this happens. They hate it. They despise. When you go out and you're going to pick blackberries and you know that ticks and chiggers exist, you spray up to try to keep those things off. Well, when you're doing praise music and you're focusing on the Lord, those enemies of the Lord are going to be repelled. They are just not interested in being part of it. So, music has, has a place in our lives. God's people are strengthened through the music that turns our hearts and our minds toward Him, and we acknowledge Him and lift Him up. It just changes things. So, it is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by the ten-stringed harp and the melody of the lyre. We're just brought into a whole other place with that. Psalm 92, 4 through 5. Turn from complaining to commending. Turn from complaining to commending. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you've done. O oh Lord, what great works you do, and how deep are your thoughts. Psalm 92, 4 and 5. You see the complaining in there, right? You thrill me, Lord. You know, this Christian life is boring. 
Hmm. With all you have done for me. The Lord just doesn't show up. You know, I've just been calling out, calling out. I haven't gotten that new car yet. Huh. For all you've done for me. And we're sitting there, heart beating, taking a breath, and wondering, what have you done for me? Really? You thrill me, Lord, with all you've done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Oh, Lord, what great works you do. How deep are your thoughts. That requires actually recognizing that God is at work and that he's doing these amazing things in us, around us, that as we get into the scriptures, as we wrestle with the things that God is, is saying and doing, we go, wow, his thoughts are deep. The current public view of all of this is, well, these are pretty basic or yeah, they don't really make sense anyway. So we're going to go and turn to some other philosophy, some other science, some other religion, some other something that actually is thrilling, interesting, and has a whole lot, makes a lot, lot more sense than this. And the psalmist is saying, nope, he's the most high. You can't go higher than the most high. He's the most high. And he's offering these things to us. And the psalmist is taken by what God has said, his view of the world, how we work with each other, how we can live life to the fullest. And how deep are your thoughts, Lord? And look what you've done. And it's focusing on what he has done, who he is, rather than finding the first thing to complain about. You ever notice complaints come first in conversations? How are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm good. They show up at work. But if you wait around the coffee pot just a little bit, but my back hurts, my knee's aching, it, you know, they're after my car, I should pay the payments, I guess. All the, all the things that part of life. But the complaining people are probably down the street, not, not here. Turn from complaining to commending. Remember, he is the most high. Evil doers lose. Psalm 97, verses 6 and 7. There is just a, an overwhelming sense that everything in this world has just gone upside down. Now, if you're younger, you kind of see it different than people who have been around a while, and the people who have been around a while think the golden age is when they were young, and that's not true. The golden age is coming when Jesus comes back, so you all just hang on. We haven't got there yet. But there's this mistaken idea that wasn't it great. It was great if you weren't black or you weren't a woman because you couldn't have the same jobs and you couldn't get paid the same, and if you're black, you're getting treated horrible. Many of the Native Americans couldn't vote until the 60s. Let's see. It was so good back then. If you weren't one of them. If you were rich. If you had high position. It was so good. So good. What about the evildoers? Who's threatening? Well, if you live in an area, urban area where you're being threatened by gangs or if you're you know, living out in the woods and you got crazy people running around. You got there are evil people 
all around. They have been since the get-go. I mean, chapter 4 of Genesis, that's pretty much early. Chapter 4, we got a murder, and it's a brother. You know, this, that's how it starts. Psalm 92, 6 and 7. Only a simpleton would not know. Only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But that guy in government, or that, that guy leading that army, or that warlord, or that, I can't believe what's happening with the cartels. I can't believe what's... And that guy just treats me horrible at work. And what about evildoers or those who have rejected God? They're doing their own thing. They're going in a different direction. And God loves everybody. He's invited everybody to come on board. But these are the ones who have said, no, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't want to listen to him. And they push him away. They will be destroyed forever. But look what he says to his own people. Because this kind of hurts my heart. My feelings are kind of hurt here. Only a simpleton would not know. Only a fool would not understand this. What? What's he saying? Why panic? Why fall apart? Why be all in a knot over what happens with this government or that government? We've got to live our lives. We've got to praise the Most High. We've got to look at what he's doing. We're supposed to be turning to him and listening to him because his thoughts are deep. We get those. Then we understand that evil exists. We are here to battle it. He's put us here to battle it, not whine about it. Battle it. Evildoers will be destroyed forever. Forever. That word is also a a word of certainty. It will happen for sure. Not maybe. It is not looking good for any of them. Forever. So I should be upset. I should be worried. I should be wringing my hands daily over all the things that are happening because this world is not like it was when I grew up in the 50s. Come on. God is still most high. He has not relinquished one thing. And the psalmist gets it. And he says, no more complaining. Remember him. Daily in your music, remember him. Daily in your thoughts, honor him. Be thrilled with the Lord. Be thrilled with the Lord. Well, I'd be thrilled if he'd just take care of this stuff because, you know, the evil guys are winning. Looks like it, doesn't it? Hmm. Not so much. And only a simpleton, simpleton would not know. See why my feelings are hurt over this whole verse? Important certainties. Verses 8 and 9. But you, you, O Lord, will be exalted forever. Evildoers will be destroyed forever. The Lord will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, 
will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. They won't hold up. They can't last. They can't make it through all of this. He is up to something amazing. And he is working through allowing them to be here. The evildoers, the evil spirits. He's allowing them to be at work in this world for a time. But their time is short. And then he takes them out. And then they're gone. And he rules forever. He will be exalted forever. The source, Psalm 92, verse 10. But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. That's the strength that comes from from the Lord by recognizing he is the most high, by honoring him, by turning our attention to him, not the complaints, not the problems, not the evildoers, looking to him, their strength. Because it's from him that all this really comes. We are limited. We can only do so much. And, and emotionally, mentally, physically, and yet the Lord comes along, the Spirit comes into us, and a whole different level of energy enters in so that we can see things we wouldn't normally see. We'll be able to do things we normally couldn't do. We'll be able to think more clearly. All of those things happen, and that's what the, the psalmist is referring to. You've made me as strong as a wild ox. It's not, well, you know, I, I joined Planet Fitness for the year, and after doing the circuits and working out, I am now strong as an ox. Nope. You made me strong as an ox. Can that really happen? Well, one of the guys, he had, you know, takes the gates off of the city and runs up a hill. So, yeah, he didn't work out either. You've anointed me with the finest oil. That means you're special. That, that has healing effects, it has health effects, all of those things are all, this is all coming from the source, from, from God himself. Outcomes, verse 11. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. There are, in those days, and as the Psalms are being written, battles, so those are going on between the nations around Israel, so that would be something that they would see in, in live action. But for those of us who are at distance, we are seeing those kind of things in other ways. And it may be years, and you go, you know, we started out at about the same time back in the 20s. I started walking with the Lord. This guy you know, turned his back on the Lord, and he made all this money, and it looked like this thing was going great guns for him. And then... Everything goes south. Internally, may still have a bank account, doesn't have much else. Many wind up with nothing. And then they wind up in the grave and separated from the Lord because they rejected him. And that's forever. So, yeah, we can watch that. The downfall of my enemies. Jesus said, you know, you got to pray for those guys. you got to remember this, this mercy of God goes to everybody until that last breath. So let's keep that it's going. But those who reject him, even us, when we turn our backs on him and we push him away, they go, man, it's like I'm st- trying to climb a slippery, mossy slope, and I just keep going, keep step, t- 
take a step, slide back, take a step, hit my face. It just, the downfall is ours too at times. Just anytime we push him away. But look at this, growth, verses 12 and 13. The godly will flourish like palm trees and grow like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. They will flourish like palm trees. So, you know, you pick, picture the Middle East, Israel, and the palm trees are all over the place. And at this time, they're growing like crazy. And the trees in Lebanon are like the redwoods in, in America. I mean, they were legendary trees. They're, they're fabulous. And they were used by the wealthiest of the wealthy, and guests got to use them for the temple in Jerusalem. Solomon has them brought down. King Hiram gets his guys cutting trees, and they bring those down. So the strong cedars of Lebanon are transplanted, transplanted to the Lord's own house. They're there. There's pillars. They're part of the structure. And, those, and they had to smell good. So you got this whole, this whole picture of growth, of strength, of a connection of worship and honoring God. All of that is happening in this, in, in, as this is being laid out for us. I go, wow! Those who know the Lord, those who connect with Him, grow, and it's the Lord who gives the growth. So we turn to Him, we praise Him, we stop complaining, we begin commending. We look at him and see what he's accomplishing and what he wants to accomplish in us, through us, around us. And we flourish. We flourish. And some of you are going to like this next part, verse 14. Vital in old age. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. God's people just keep on going. They keep on living. They keep accomplishing great things because they're doing it by a, His strength, His source. They are doing it because they're honoring Him. They're not just focused on themselves. And the fruit just keeps coming. They remain vital and green, flexible, keep growing, learning, discovering, being active, Participating in the life God has, vital in old age. Experienced wisdom, verse 15. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. That last line is what the aged people have come to. Why would that matter? They've experienced a lot. If, if they've reached old age, because not everybody gets to do this, but for those who do, they will declare the Lord is just. The declaration around our country today is, we need justice. This is all all of this thing that's been going on has been unjust. Justice is a, is a phrase that is just floating around everywhere. So where do we go for that? Well, 
Most are not turning to the Lord, the Most High. They're turning to their philosophies or their groups or their whoever it is that they have in mind. And we're being reminded with the psalm, He is the one. He is the Most High. He is the one who gives us what we need. He is the source of our strength. He is the one who's going to be uh, judging what is good, what is evil. And He is just. He's not twisting truth to fit an agenda, a party. It's just truth. And people who come up with excuses, well, I did it because, and he goes, I know why, and your because doesn't work. I know all of it. Your part, their part, everybody's part. He's just. He's my rock. We saw those images earlier in the song. He is my rock, the mountain, unmovable. You can't just run through it. You're going to smack your face. You just can't do that. He's the rock. He's the one we can build on. It's solid. We can trust. And that last line, there is no evil in him. See, that's why people get mad at God. There must be evil in him. Why would he allow this to happen? Why did this happen to me? How come it didn't go this way instead of that way? Why? Because God must be evil. There is no evil in him. So these people who have lived, lived a long life and they're observing what God has done and they say, we praise the Most High. He's the Most High. He's just, He's loving, He's faithful, and there is no evil in Him. No evil. We can trust Him. Here's the upshot. The upshot is that bad things happen, and evildoers do evil, but God's people will flourish, even in old age, because God makes the difference. So, be grateful, have a song in your heart, and be thrilled with the Lord. He has so much more he wants to offer. And we are being reminded by this psalmist who's taking a slice of life, looking across decades, even from an aged position, and saying, this God comes through. He can be trusted all the way through. He's always looking out for us. Evil does happen. Bad things happen to us. He's waiting for us to turn to him, rely on him, believe in him, commend him, not complain, join with him in the things he wants to do so that evildoers can be stopped or people can see the light and that there would be a, a change to enjoy the light and the and, and enjoy the love of God in a real way. It's, he just wants us to go a whole different direction. Bad things are going to happen. Evil doers do evil. I mean, you don't have to be on this planet long to get that. And they don't last forever. They will be taken down. God lasts forever. And he will be exalted. And we are privileged to be able to exalt him. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you recognizing that you are the Most High, and there is no other. And Lord, bad things happen, and they have come upon 
many of us. And we have experienced those who have done evil and done evil to us. And there are evildoers uh, in places of authority and power around our nation and around the world. And Lord, we do recognize that one day that will all come to an end. In the meantime, we pray, Lord, that those who are godly and good will be raised up. We pray that the truth would prevail. We pray that your love would just pour out around us. And in this place, we recognize, Lord, you can bring help and healing and health. And we need it. So we ask for that here for each one. And for all those who will receive it from you, may they acknowledge it and may they know it and experience it today. Lord, I pray that you would be reaching out to those who are distant from us. We know that Wilma and Judy are hurting and we pray, Lord, that you would remove that pain and fill them, Lord, with the assurance of your nearness and wrap them in arms of love. And all those others who are at, uh, not joining us here today. Lord, pray that for us who here maybe haven't had our eyes on you in ways that we ought. So I pray that we would turn to your light. And that we would experience in this moment that filling of love as the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Lord, there is one name you've given us under heaven that we can pray, and we come in his authority. So in the name of Jesus, we pray these things, and everyone says, Amen. I wandered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the Bye.